Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shots. It's Ryan and Audrey with you. Layoffs have come in the spotlight again recently after e-commerce giant Lazada asked an undisclosed number of employees in Singapore on the 3rd of January. Yes, Lazada has since apologised for not informing Singapore's labour movement, NTUC, and the Food, Drinks and Allied Workers Union about the retrenchment exercise, despite these workers being unionised. The union is currently in talks with Lazada for better benefits for the company's laid-off employees. For more insights on how companies should go about retrenchment exercises in a responsible manner. We're joined by Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of NTUC. Good morning, Patrick. Yeah, good morning, Ryan, Audrey, and everyone uh, listening in. Hey, great to have you here because it's quite a timely conversation. Let's kick things off with that question. Is there such a thing as responsible retrenchment? What rights do workers have when they are retrenched? Yeah, of course there is a you know a framework for re- responsible retrenchments. Actually, there are two important documents. Firstly, the labour movement has fleshed out uh, a couple of years back as you know in, in the course of COVID a fair retrenchment framework. But more importantly, as early as uh, during the global financial crisis in 08-09, the tripartite partners came together and uh, rolled out something what we call the tripartite advisory of managing excess manpower and responsible retrenchment, and it's clearly outlined in the tripartite advisory. And in that advisory. If fleshes out some of the key things which employers need to look out for, especially when carrying out retrenchments and how to carry it out uh, responsibly. Yeah, let's talk about that, Patrick. It'll be helpful if you provide a bit more context on the process. Can you walk us through the steps companies should take before a retrenchment exercise? And is there any case where companies are allowed to skip informing the union in advance? Uh, yes, so let, let me kind of draw a dichotomy between unionized companies and non-unionized companies. In unionized companies, is governed by the Industrial Relations Act, uh, meaning the un- union is being recognized by the company. And there's usually a collective agreement. A collective agreement is a word of court and uh, it fleshes out key terms of employment and something that where the union uh, collectively bargain on behalf of the workers and members. So in, in most instances in collective agreements, there is a clause within it to stipulate a notice period whenever companies carry out retrenchment exercises, uh, usually a month before even employees are being uh, notified. So that gives us some time and period to... Uh, we all, we, in Singapore, we can't really stop retrenchments but uh, we can actually negotiate the retrenchment package and do all the relevant interventions to make sure the retrenchment exercise is fair, responsibly done, as well as, in a way, help the workers before they get laid off to segue into another job, to pick up some training. And even we, I, I mean, I've been involved in a couple of uh, retrenchment exercises just last year alone, in couple, last few months alone. And what we have done is we, we, we set up job fairs and try to get the workers uh, into a, the next job as soon as possible. So that's something uh, that we do and it's, it's provided in the collective agreement. Uh, however, in instances like, for example, like Lexada, where we, well, we have not inked any collective agreement, there's a memorandum of understanding and therefore it's it's essential even when it's just an MOU the union should be notified early in advance so that we can do the necessary interventions to help the workers in a non-unionized environment uh, where the company is not unionized uh the Ministry of Manpower has fleshed out what we call the mandatory retrenchment notification requirement. So that's by law. And companies uh, with at least 10 workers need to notify if they are retrenching workers uh, to the Ministry of Manpower within five days uh, of notifying the employees. So these are some of the required notification periods that are prescribed by law and provided by statute. 
Yeah, so you've got a bit of a difference between unionized and non-unionized. Yes. So with the recent spate of news, there's been a lot of questions being asked. No, what is fair? No, what's a good benchmark to have when it comes to paying out workers, the notice period, for example? What's your assessment on how things have been playing out? What's a good benchmark? Yeah, I think there are a few key things to look out for uh, in carrying out the retrenchment exercise, regardless of whether you're unionized or not unionized. I think there are a few key principles. Firstly, early notifications is important. Uh, so that people don't get surprised, get a rude awakening, come in the morning when they go into the office and they're told, you don't even step into the office. Uh, here you are, here is a box, get your stuff, uh, get out of the company line. I think uh, it has to be done conscionably as well as uh, empathetically and compassionately because uh, many of them are impacted, could be, could be sole breadwinners, etc. So I think we want early notification for this simple reason, to better prepare them mentally as well as to prepare them for the next job. Second, preserving the Singaporean core. I think this has been fleshed out both uh, in the Fair Retrenchment Framework as well as the Tropical Advisory. We want to preserve Singaporean core. And thirdly, retrenchment should be the last resort. Yeah, we try to encourage, that's why it's called managing excess manpower. Uh, we want companies to manage the excess manpower. There are a lot of interventions from training grants to shorter work weeks to even the flexible wage system to allow for wage cuts so that uh, we can try to cut costs in other aspects and use retrenchment as a last resort. That's a very, very painful tool, so we don't encourage that. And, and fourthly, in terms of uh, notification periods, it varies. Uh, the earlier, the better. But more importantly, I think finally, is the retrenchment benefit payout. So how much is it? Mm. What's the market rate. In the Trabata Advisory of Managing Excess Manpower and Responsible Retrenchment, it's clearly fleshed out that uh, it ranges from two weeks to a month per year of service. In most of our collective agreements and most of our, uh, in the unionized environments, usually one month per year of service uh, with a cap according to the Trabata guidelines. So, so that's usually the case. I've represented union members and workers uh, in, in the Industrial Arbitration Court before and uh, it's, it's presided by a High Court judge and in most instances, there are a few guiding points. I think firstly, the company's ability to pay. Uh, next also is uh, the industry uh, norm of uh, the retention package. So these are some of the you know, galling proxies uh, when it comes to retention benefits uh, when we negotiate them. All right, let's get into the legal part of all this, Patrick. You talked about the tripartite advisory, which is the collaboration among unions, employers, and the government. Does that carry much legal weight? Do you think there's a case for maybe stronger statutory retrenchment benefits in Singapore? I think we set guiding points for all the companies in Singapore. There are already currently rules mm. through the mandatory notification as well as our collective agreement through uh, no positive industrial relations practices to, uh, as prescribed by the IR Act. So, so there are already existing framework and laws. Uh, so in general, we try to encourage companies to, to adopt the best practices uh, for, for several reasons. Firstly, for reputational reasons. I think uh, very, very important uh, because the whole world is watching what you're doing. Particularly if you are a listed company, you are listed on NASDAQ, you are, you are a well-known brand name. I think it augurs well to have you know, positive vibes, especially when conducting retrenchments. Secondly, is also the morale of existing workers and your would-be workers or to-be workers who are joining you. I think people are watching employers, I mean, through Glassdoor and many other platforms to see whether you are doing it responsibly and not just responsibly and fairly, but also progressively. I think uh, would-be employers and current would-be employees and current employees are looking out for that. And, and therefore, whatever you do or act uh, will have ramifications uh, in, in other forms and ways. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick. 
Patrick, I think that's an often overlooked point, right? The existing employees are watching closely. A lot of people are watching how this is being handled and yes. it will have an impact on morale. Now, looking at some of the um, terms or at least the practices that you're encouraging is to notify earlier. So you mentioned that it's good to have this in practice early because you can then step in in some form into yes. the support and you actually have job fairs that you can bring to yes. some of these affected companies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I personally handled quite a number of these retrenchments, including the last and the past year in 2023 uh, in the electronic sector. Uh, some of these companies are very progressive. Uh, they inform sometimes even a year in advance. Uh, there are instances where companies inform a year in advance that, uh, that well, there's a slowdown, there's a decision that we, are, we may be offshoring, there may be a decision that we are shutting down. So, so I... So you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I, I've seen throughout the past two decades some of these recessions that are carried out uh, with early notification, with very close relationship and negotiation with uh, the unions. Uh, we are here, uh, not not you know, to make life difficult for employers, but essentially partner employers. If you are, if you notify us early, we try to partner you to make sure that things will will be seamlessly and smoothly carried out. So that, that's what happened in a number of companies. Uh, we had early notification. We could arrange job fairs together with our employment employability institute E2I for short, and uh, well, even bring other prospective employers in adjacent companies and sectors to uh, the company line uh, where the workers are to conduct interviews and flesh out well, job vacancies in other sectors or, or within adjacent sectors. So we have successfully done that in many instances and, and where sometimes there's a gap, for example, a skills gap. Uh, we, we encourage them to tap on, you know, through our company training committees and the various grants to undergo some form of training even before they leave the company so that it's, it makes the whole process easier so that they can be gainfully employed and uh, be employable at the same time uh, when they are retrenched. So you mentioned, Patrick, before that retrenchment exercises should be a last resort, right? Right. Um, yes. More often than not, though, it's likely that the organization that is doing the cuts, they're doing it to cut costs. Maybe they aren't faring well financially. So realistically, how much can they, the companies, support retrenched workers? And what alternative avenues should these workers explore? Uh, yes. So, well, retrenchment, we tell them, you know, it's the last resort. Try to, you know, manage your costs. Do always to uh, cut your costs. But, you know, our mantra is always, you know, cut costs to save jobs, not cut jobs to save costs. So, you know, try to lower your costs in whatever you, you, you can, in whatever ways you can. Uh, if really you, you are unable to do that, you need to conduct retrenchments. Uh, well, do it. But uh, if, if you don't have sufficient resources to do some of these, as I shared earlier, some of these job fairs, training grants to help workers are nationally supported trainings, uh, including supported by NTC and the labour movement. So we have a lot of support and all these are provided almost free of charge to companies for them to, to tap on and to utilise. All right. Before we let you go, Patrick, we know you've started a TikTok to try to inform people of basic tips regarding employment law. Now is your chance to plug it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case uh, some of you are tuning in, yeah, I I started uh, as a resolution for the new year. I wanted to, you know, really jump on the bandwagon of TikTok. And uh, I I know my persona is a a bit of a stiff, usually on very, very formal legalistic topics. So I thought share something's useful. So I went on uh, TikTok to share on Employment Law 101. But just in case you're wondering, I didn't go by my name. I went by my nick. Uh, it's called Dark Avenger. Maybe I'll share more why I chose the, the name Dark Avenger as a nick. But uh, tune in. Every week, I'll be sharing snippets on, you know, things to look out for when you're entering into employment and whether you are, you know, fairly treated and stuff like that. All right. Well, a great look into retrenchment exercises and the best practices companies should take to take care of their employees. Thanks, Patrick, for all of your insights and for joining us in the studio this morning. My pleasure.
Tschüss. We've been speaking with Patrick Tay. He's the Assistant Secretary General of NTUC. More to come on The Breakfast Show. Keep it here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.